the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Sue Free Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. Now, here's Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the Sue Free Show, and I'm just, I'm just so thankful that I get to come here and be with you on the show. And uh, I always pray, you know, Lord, just let my words be your words. This is your show, and what do you want me to talk about? And every time something happens in my week that causes me to uh, realize that there's an issue or there's a lesson, a life lesson. Does that happen to you where you're going through, you know, just living life, this journey, and all of a sudden something happens and you're going, what's the lesson you want me to learn here, Lord? And it usually comes when something happens or, you know, you just have a difficult time and you know that there's a lesson to be learned. And and I don't know about you, but I pay attention. I pay attention because I really want to learn the lesson so I don't have to go through those tough times more than once. I want to get through that lesson so I can move on. And I I don't know how you feel about that. But for me, it's I want to be a quick study when it comes to God teaching me lessons. I want to be a quick study. I want to learn. Not always is that true with me. I mean, it doesn't always happen, but on the most part. So the show today is Every Person is Worthy of Respect. And again, this is by Rick Warren. I'm just becoming more fond and more fond of him and his fruit and his works and how he presents his message, how he delivers his message. And I intervene with my thoughts during the um, when I when I talk about what he talks about and what he blogs and and whatnot, because I feel that you know each one of us there are people watching us right, and each one of us can help another person, but the, it has to start with us in our relationship with our heavenly Father, asking for the lessons to be learned, but also for us to be transparent and vulnerable to let people know that you know what? I don't have it all together. You know what? This is what happened. And oh, man, I totally was in the wrong here. And then the Lord got a hold of me or uh, somehow um, I got shook up a little bit on on the thought process and realized I was out of line or, you know, I really didn't maybe respect that person the way I should have. And maybe that's happened with you. So show proper respect to everyone is what it says in the Bible. And that's First Peter 2.17 in the NIV version, which is my favorite. Respect has become an endangered value over the past few decades. Just with that, I watched social media today and I was looking at um, some rioters and they were protesters 
but they were not behaving like protesters because there's a difference. And these protesters were yelling and screaming at the policemen in their vehicles. And then they were jumping on the car, causing damage to the car. And it, it was uncomfortable to watch because I felt that the police, their lives were in danger. And this just happened this morning when I was watching this. And in watching, there was a narrative with the person that was holding the phone, which was one of the rioters or protesters. And a guy jumped on the top of the police car, and the police car had his sirens, turned his sirens on to let everybody know, you know, move back. I got to go somewhere. I got to be somewhere. And you're kind of stopping me from maybe saving a life. And this guy jumped on the car, jumped on the hood, and the the police car decided to go. And he went. And the guy was on the hood. He slid. He got up on the roof. And then he ended up on the back and he was on the ground. And the lady, the narrative on the lady was like, oh, my gosh, the policeman just ran over this guy. And totally that is not what happened. He didn't run over the guy. The guy was running over the car. And uh, so respect. Aren't we called to respect one another? Aren't we called to, you know, kind of withhold and, and hold back a little bit? And um, that certainly wasn't the picture I had this morning when I was watching Facebook. Yet the Bible makes it clear that stable families and stable societies are built around respect. The Bible commands us to honor our parents, respect civil authority, and respect church leaders. Wives are called to respect husbands in Ephesians. In the book of 1 Peter, husbands are called to respect their wives. Just to make it clear that God leaves no one out. The Bible also tells us to show proper respect to everyone. And that's 1 Peter 2.17 again in IV. Everyone, regardless of beliefs or behaviors, is worthy of respect? That's kind of a question. Why? And here's it. Are you ready? Number one, God made everyone. Psalm 8.5 says, You made them inferior only to yourself. You crowned them with glory and honor. God doesn't make junk. No one is worthless. People make wrong decisions, but they are still valuable to God. Even the most unlovable person in the world is loved by God. Can you think of an unlovable person? Is that unlovable person right now you? But yet God still finds value in you or this person. And God still loves you no matter what. Number two, Jesus died for everyone. The Bible says God paid a ransom to save you. He paid for you with the precious life blood of Christ. That's 1 Peter 1, 18, 19. You may not place much value in certain people, but God does. In fact, he says every person you meet is worth dying for. That might be hard for some of us, um, but for God... Each person had value, and each person was willing to die for. It shows you know God. The Bible tells us that God is love. If you know God, you'll fill your life with love. The Bible says if a person isn't loving and kind, it shows that he doesn't know God. For God is love. First John 4, 8. Love always treats people with respect. I had an, an issue that just happened this last week and someone very close to me didn't show me respect and 
it, it hurts more, doesn't it, when someone close to you, someone that you love, um, doesn't show love back, someone that's angry or someone that is just not able to take a deep breath and maybe respond in a manner that would be respectful. And our children, you know, sometimes they don't respect. And our responsibility as a parent is what? What is our responsibility as a parent? Are we supposed to train them up in the way they shall go? Does it matter what age they are? So when someone disrespects, is it more the person that's being disrespected or is it more about the person that's disrespecting? Number four, you'll get back whatever you give out. It's the law of the harvest. Whatever goes around comes around. If you want to be respected, treat other people with respect. The Bible says a man's harvest in life will depend entirely on what he sows, Galatians 6, 7. So check yourself right now and your life. Do people respect you? Are you respectable? And if there is an area in your life where you feel that that could be improved upon, then no time better than the present to make that right. So, you know, in the Bible it talks about, you know, if you're worshiping the Lord and you're going to the altar, that if there's anything that is not sitting well, if there's anything that's not right according to God, he asks you to leave the altar, to leave your prayer time, to leave your altar, and go try to make amends, try to make it right. So when you're listening to this show or any of the shows or any of anybody else's shows or you're just um, praying and something comes in your mind or in your heart that, you know, kind of doesn't leave, um, it's, it's a sure tell sign that there's something that needs to be addressed. And there was a time in my life where I was with people that didn't want to deal with what was going on. And isn't that difficult to be with other people that don't want to work on whatever it is that needs to get worked on? Um, I, in marriages, I think this happens way too often where you have two people and obviously there's going to be not always is everybody going to agree all the time, but it gives you a reason or a way to understand the other person better. But it takes two people, doesn't it, to want and desire to bring each other closer And the only way you can do that is by being open enough to listen and and care more about listening than being heard. So if there's an area in your life where you feel disrespected or you feel you've disrespected somebody, check yourself first, obviously. You know, when you point your finger, there's three pointing back at you. So check yourself first and see if there's an area in which you need the Lord to help you with. Search me and know me. And if there's any evil way, pluck it out, Lord. Psalm 139. And this can really help you. It can help you in your relationships. So respect. Do you respect? Do you feel entitled to respect? And do you respect others? It's a really good question to ask yourself. How do you treat people who serve you? Do to others as you would have them. Do to you, Luke 6.31. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Have you ever watched a movie where um, a a girl's out with a a fresh date, a a new guy, and she's like head over heels so far, and they go out to dinner, and the guy is really rude to the waitress, really rude, like crazy rude. And maybe the waitress gets so nervous that she 
drops a glass of water or spills the wine. And I just saw a scene like this recently. And I was watching the girl's face because the girl was all excited about the situation. And then she realized that this guy is not respectful. And she dumped him, as she should, really. Um, It was a first date. Don't need to go any further with that. But it was an interesting scene. And how often does that happen in real life, whether it's on a flight and you have a flight attendant and the flight attendant is there to serve? They, they get tired. You know, they have long days and their feet hurt and their back hurts. And they are waiting on people all day long for hours. And everybody is wanting something. My sister-in-law, it happens to be her birthday today. And since I brought this up, <laughs> I just want to say happy birthday to you, my sweet sister. My sweet sister is so wonderful. She takes care of our mom. And um, it's not an easy job to take care of someone And uh, she does it. She doesn't complain. She just does it. And she doesn't get a lot of relief. My parents both died. My dad died when he was 60. My mother died when she was 74. So I did not have that responsibility to take care of a loved one uh, in their older years. I didn't have that. Now, it's a a two-edged coin, right? Because I don't have my mom to say I love you too and to hear her say I love you. And I, I can't just pick up the phone and talk to her. But I also didn't have to watch her uh, get to where she couldn't take care of herself or, you know, it, it's a sad, it's kind of a tough situation. So whatever side of that story you're on, um, God's with you, God knows, God sees, and he, he feels and he hears you. So way to go to you that are caretakers out there. It is a very, very tough job. And to my sister, I just love you so, so very much. And I'm very thankful that you're my sister. It always brings tears because she's just such a wonderful, wonderful woman. Anyway, so back to <laughs> back to my show. All right. So one of the greatest tests of your character is how you treat people who are trying to serve you, whether it's a waitress, a waiter, a clerk, an employee, a secretary, your children, or your spouse. How you treat those who serve you tells me a great deal about you. In fact, when I've been involved in hiring decisions, and this is from Rick Warren of Saddleback Church, I often take people to restaurants to see how they interact with the server. Oh, that's a good idea. I like that. Someone who is rude and demanding in those situations has a character flaw that I don't want as part of our team. Boy, I like that idea. That's a really good idea. Jesus tells us, do to others as you would have them do to you. Luke 6.31, the NIV. That may be the simplest yet most important character test in the Bible. If you're tuning in right now, I just thank you so much for doing so. This is the Sue Free Show. Sue Freeze, spelt like fries, one word dot com. I would love to hear from you. I would love for you to connect with me. The show has been on the air for over 10 years, and when I was asked to do the show, I was kind of taken back because I'm running a a company, and um, I was working 16-hour days. I'm still working right now, um, you know, 40 years later in, in my business right now because of COVID and because of just so much that's going on and trying to handle things. Um, I'm working 16-hour days. 
but I'm still coming into the radio station because I feel that the Lord has called me to do this. And it is a sacrifice, but it's also such a wonderful thing when I get somebody who reaches out to me and says, I'm so thankful for your show. I'm so thankful that you kind of put your heart out there and you're so real. I don't know any other way to be. And I think I've learned this from going through a lot of things and feeling so alone and so isolated in my own life that I felt that those that did kind of share their story with me helped me break out of the silence of what I was dealing with to where I could get the healing that I needed. And praying to God is the number one most important thing in understanding that relationship you have with Him. But the Lord puts people in your life, safe people and unsafe people, come into your life. And when you ask for discernment for the safe people to surround you, it's the biggest gift. It's such a gift. And I'm just saying to you right now that I'm so thankful when someone reaches out and asks me for prayer or tells me what's going on in their lives so that I can hopefully help them or know somebody that can help. And maybe that's you. So Sue Freeze, and my name last name is spelt like fries, pronounced freeze, like french fries, um, dot com. I would love to hear from you. I would love to know what's happening. And if I can help you, I, I will. Okay. So social psychologist Eric Hoffer once said, rudeness is the weak man's imitation of strength. It takes no intelligence at all to be rude. The best place to practice this important character trait of respect is at home. Often we're the most disrespectful to the people we care about the most. I know people who treat their families in ways they would never treat a stranger. That happened to me just this last week. And uh, yeah, it's those that are closest to you can really hurt you the most. Courtesy is just love in the little things. It's showing respect for people by being kind, even in the smallest areas of our lives. Be wise with your words. And again, these are from Rick Warren. They're not my words. They're Rick Warren's words and the Lord's words. So here's a scripture, James 3, 5 and 6. Some of you might know this one by heart. The tongue is a small thing, but what enormous danger it can do. A great forest can be set on fire by one tiny spark, and the tongue can turn our whole lives into a blazing flame of destruction and disaster. When we lack self-control, we're vulnerable to all kinds of problems. Anything out of control in your life can harm other people and damage your close relationships. Uncontrolled anger, lust, addiction, spending, drinking, or ambition can create enormous problems. Drinking. I'm going to stop there for a minute because um, this is really close to me. And my mom and dad divorced after 20 years of marriage. They did not have a loving, kind relationship. There was a lot of plates throwing at the dinner around the dinner table. I mean, it was very, very um, volatile. And me as a little child, the middle child, always felt like if I could just be better, if I could be, if I could be good if I could have good table manners, if I could say please and thank you enough that my parents wouldn't fight. I took on the responsibility of their marriage thinking that I could 
I'm the problem and I could fix it by not being the problem anymore. And some of you can relate to this because I've talked to many now adult children who have experienced the same thing. You know, children, they take on. So parents, please don't talk about your marriage and your situation in front of your children. Even when you're on the phone driving, when you're on the phone and the kids are in earshot, just know they don't miss anything. They don't miss anything you're talking about. They hear it all. And what it does is it establishes an insecurity in your children that it's very difficult to stop. So please beware, parents. I have people very close to me that I know they talk, and they're talking in front of children, and they hear everything. So my mom and dad got divorced at 20 years. And then my mom married uh, my stepfather that had a daughter the same age as me, and I've never really talked about this. But there was a lot of rivalry, and she was not a very nice person. She might even be listening right now. But she wasn't a very nice person. And um, she'd pull my hair when we were in the car and, and just do things that nobody else could see. And she bullied me. She was a lot bigger and stronger than me. I was a, a little wimp. I was really tiny and skinny. And yeah, anyway, she was, she was a lot stronger than me. And uh, she took advantage of it. And whenever I'd bring it up, there would be another argument between my stepfather and my mother because, of course, my mom is going to side with me. And, of course, the stepfather is going to side with the other person. So that became a fight. So I became the peacemaker and just decided that I would just take whatever was brought on. I would just take it and internalize. And I internalized so much that I thought everything was my fault. I felt so unworthy to receive anything, any kind of love, any kind of attention that – Uh, I just didn't require it and kind of became my own island. And my dog was my best friend (laughs) because my dog would love me unconditionally. And it was a wonderful thing. So moving forward, they got divorced because he was an alcoholic and he would wet the bed. And I would see the mattress up and the pillows up. And my mom would try to hide that, but kind of hard to hide a mattress that's being dried out, right? And so then she and him got divorced, and then she married another man, a lieutenant colonel in the Air Force, who was also an alcoholic, but a nicer one. (laughs) He was just a nicer one, and he was more of a father than my dad was to me. But he drank, and sometimes his words would cut like a knife. And on my wedding day, he got totally drunk and embarrassed me so bad. Anyway, so alcohol is poison and alcohol is a disease and alcohol can ruin so many lives you know i have uh some moms that i help and um they have little children and they're having issues with drinking and i just feel so sorry and so bad and helpless in a way i just don't know really what to do but my big concern is for for the mom, but also to the children, because it's an unsafe environment. And it, it scares me. It does. It scares me. So alcohol. Listen, if you have a drink every night or two drinks every night, every night, you might think that's social. But I can tell you it's a little more than social. And if you can put it down for a week then you might be able to put it down for a week. But I think you need to check yourself and see what the situation is. And if you're causing harm to other family members, 
then maybe you need to get some help. There's something causing you to want to numb yourself. It's not good for you. It's totally not good for you. And um, I just hope that you can get the courage to get the help that you need. So we will be back with part two right after this brief break. Have you noticed more insects or rodents in your yard or maybe in your home? Warmer weather means it's mating season. What's your sign? Hi, this is Sue Freeze of Ecola Termite Pest Control, but you can call me the Termite Lady. And I'm Tyson Freeze, manager at Ecola. When pests start mating, they start looking for food supplies. Your pantry, your garage, and a quick infestation can cost hundreds in tainted food. You don't want pests in your house. We know how to find and eliminate them before they can settle in. Call us for our free pestimate at 877-332-BUGS. New customers get $50 off any initial treatment. Pests hate that we make our service so affordable. Don't let insects and rodents move in. Call E. Cola now, 877-332-BUGS. That's 877-332-BUGS. Or online at termitelady.com. E. Cola, powerful termite and pest control. As gentle as a butterfly. E. Cola, 877-332-BUGS, termitelady.com. What would you do if your two-year-old child simply stopped breathing? The day businesswoman and author Sue Freeze discovered her son had developed life-threatening asthma, her life changed forever, sending her on a path of learning, discovery, and environmental activism. Sue's book, Learning to Breathe, chronicles her amazing life-and-death battle for her son Tyson's life, a how-to manual for parents of children with asthma, revealing the secret causes, surprising cures, and the untold truth about harmful indoor allergens. Written with the passion of a loving mother, wisdom of a successful businesswoman, and deep spiritual devotion, Learning to Breathe is a hero's journey for the parent in all of us. If your child suffers from asthma, this must-read book could save your child's life. Learning to Breathe by author Sue Freeze, available on Amazon, or log on to SueFreeze.com. That's SueFreeze.com. SueFreeze.com. You're listening to The Sue Freeze Show, the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And here again is Sue Freeze. Thank you so much for joining the show. This is The Sue Freeze Show. The sponsor of the show is Ecola Termite Pest Control Services, and I'm so grateful to have Ecola uh, sponsor the show. And if you'd like to sponsor the show, I'd love to talk with you. I know quite a bit about advertising and marketing because I've been doing it for 40 years. And radio, television, I've been through the school of hard knocks. What can I say? And there's some really smart things to do, and there's some things that aren't so smart to do, and keeping an eye on the ball is a really important thing to do. So I can help you with all of that. And if you're not sure if radio is the place for you with your business, I can talk to you. This show goes from San Diego all the way up to San Luis Obispo. It's syndicated. So thank you, San Diegans. Thank you, Venturians. Thank you, Orange Countyans. Thank you, LAans. And thank you up in Santa Maria and San Luis Obispo for listening to the show, for connecting with me on the Sue Freeze, Bet Like Fries, one word, dot com. And um, yeah, 10 years. Can you believe it? 10 years, 10 years and counting of being on this show. The show is about the pursuit of passion, purpose, and connection. And I love that because, first of all, we have to be in pursuit. 
There has to be a pursuit, pursuit of Jesus, pursuit of what we want to do next in our lives, pursuit of our purpose. The passion is that fire that's inside your gut, inside your soul, that keeps you just going when everything is telling you no. It's something that, you know, you just can't, you can't put that down. You can't, you can't put that fire out. And some of you might have your purpose, and you might have dimmed that light and that fire. And all I can say to you is rekindle it. Rekindle it. Don't let your dream die because it is the best thing ever, and God created you with that dream and that passion that's inside your belly, and you need to see that through. It's so amazing when you actually get to that point, and it doesn't stop there, but just getting there is an amazing, amazing journey. And that's a subject for another day. I can just tell you that it's, it's, it's an amazing journey. And uh, I used to think that every day was the end of the world in my relationships, in everything. And then I realized that life was a journey and that we're journeying together. And um, I always say I'm so thankful that God's not done with me yet because he's not done with you yet either. And no matter where you are, no matter what you've done, he loves you anyway. He respects you. He values you. And he wants you to have a relationship with him. And how do you do that? Just pray. Ask him into your life, and he'll guide the rest of the way. He will. So I'm going to continue on with the Rick Warren program here. We were talking about respect, and then we were talking about what does your heart reveal. So for the break on part one, I was talking about uncontrolled anger, lust, addiction, spending, drinking, ambition can create enormous problems, and it can it also can be the beginning of a new, a whole new world, a whole new life for you to get past these things, to understand what got you there in the first place and move forward and get the help you need so that you can move forward. But the greatest destroyer of relationships is an uncontrolled tongue. You know, I, I got an email just three days ago and I'm going through a lot of tough stuff right now and I'm just being real as I am. And I'm going through a lot of really tough things, tough decisions, trying to really um, understand my emotion, what's going on inside of me with everything coming at me, the fires, the politics, the just uh, business and just everything that's going on right now. And I had someone really close to me send me an email. It was a reminder email. And it could have been, hey, friendly reminder, just letting you know that you, I, I, I haven't got the email that you said you would send me yet. But instead it was, uh, I'm reminding you again. It's the second time. I guess you forgot. You know, It was such a total different tone. And in my situation right now, it, I'm more sensitive than I maybe would be in another time. It would just roll off. But because of my sensitivity and what I'm dealing with, it just hit me really hard. And it, it kind of is this thing of an uncontrolled tongue. It's how we speak to one another, whether it's via text, via, via email, or a phone call. Uh, you know, it affects you the same. And it's even worse when it's in a text or an email because you can't see the face and you can't hear the tone. And the delivery, when you read it, could be totally different than the delivery when you speak it. So be careful. Be careful 
and I'm saying this to myself because this truly is is real with me. I'm very short on my text. I don't fill in the gaps and uh, my kids laugh because they know how to read Sufri's um, and they joke about it. But on the whole, if I do that with everyone, not everybody is going to understand what I'm saying or in the tone in which I am delivering my message. So I know that personally, I have to be careful about how I do that. I read once, this is Rick Warren, I read once that the average person has about 30 conversations a day. That was before the pandemic quarantine. But if it's true, that would mean we spread around one-fifth of our lives talking. At some point, your mouth will probably get you into trouble. The odds are against you. James compares the tongue to a tiny spark because that's all that is needed to create a great forest fire. A careless word can ignite your relationships and make them all go up in smoke. Have you ever met a verbal arsonist? Have you? I can tell you I have. Their words are dangerous. They use words of discouragement, disappointment, accusations, criticism, sarcasm, condemnation, or even attack. The list is endless. Gossip is especially destructive because it spreads like an airborne virus. We all can understand that right now, can't we? Careless words have destroyed careers, friendships, and families. Instead of heading in a destructive direction, you can choose to use your words to build others up. Catch people doing something right and tell them about it. Affirm their character when they make difficult decisions. Lift them up with words of encouragement. When I look at the paragraph, two up, and then this one. So there's three paragraphs there that I had read and interjected. And the first paragraph talking about words are dangerous, discouragement, disappointment. Something happens inside of my body that just is a downer. It's like you see the arrow, visual arrow going, you know, down. And then you read, catch people doing something right and tell them about it. Affirm their character. Lift them up with words of encouragement. What happens to that arrow? Just just speaking those words, what happens to the arrow inside of you? And if we choose, because it is a choice, every word, every step, everything we do is a choice. If we choose to get up in the morning, we pray and say, God, I want you to guide my steps. I want you to guide my words. I want you to guide my thoughts, Lord, and hold them captive. When we start the day like that, it really helps start the day in a, in a positive route, doesn't it? And when we are affirming and encouraging and inspiring, it just feels a whole lot better when you see that person, even though you can't see their smile behind that mask. But when you can see their eyes kind of wrinkle up and you know that they're smiling under that mask, it's such a good feeling. And you know the joy, the joy that spread is wonderful. And in this day and age, who doesn't need that? Who doesn't need that? We all need encouragement. I'm a problem solver in my business. I am running a company. And my job is to problem solve. So I know that I am more geared towards looking for the problem and finding a solution than I am going, way to go. But I try to do both. I try to do both. I look for opportunities to say, thank you for doing that. Oh, my gosh, that's so wonderful. Um, wow, that's really cool. And, oh, you sold another one. 
but I'm also going, wow, look at the kitchen. It really needs a clean floor. I'm looking at, um, you know, why aren't you using your form so that we can get this done and, and more effectively and efficiently. So I'm on both sides of the fence and doing that, even the problem solving, taking a deep breath and thinking, how can I be an encouragement, even in my problem solving is a new journey and a new lesson for me. And maybe some of you other leaders and business owners, because I have a lot of business owners and leaders that listen to this show, and maybe this is an eye-opener for you, too, to just realize that, yeah, I understand what it's like to be a problem solver and trying to fix the problem so we can be more efficient, more effective, get the job done quicker, better. How can we do this better? It's one of my main questions. Maybe that'll be on my tombstone if I even have one. Uh, you know, how can we do this better? That's that's one of that I say all the time, because don't we want to be better? Don't we want to strive for excellence? Don't we want to? I know I do. I want to be better today than I was yesterday. If not, it almost feels like a wasted day for me. I want to be better. How about you? And maybe part of it is just looking at how we can be more of an encouragement. Building others up with your words isn't difficult, but in our world, it is uncommon. You reflect God's glory in a dark world when you control your mouth and build others up. So here's another one with Rick Warren. What does your heart reveal? Lord, help me control my tongue. Help me be careful about what I say. Psalm 141.3. How does God help us manage our mouth? By going directly to the source, the heart. Have you ever said, I don't know what got into me. I'm not that kind of person. Well, the truth is, it wouldn't be coming out of your mouth if it wasn't in your heart first. In other words, it's not your mouth that gets you in trouble. It's your heart. The stuff that's inside of you is what comes out. Boy, I'm hearing this firsthand. Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. It's not only what you say, but maybe in your actions. When you, when you do something in your actions or your words that's disrespectful, what does that say about you? Your words demonstrate your heart's condition. That means that someone with a harsh tongue is demonstrating an angry heart. Someone who brags a lot is revealing an insecure heart. Isn't that true? On the other hand, when you share encouraging words with others, it reveals a joyful heart. When you offer gentle words to people when they're down, it shows you've got a loving heart. What kind of heart do you want to show? What kind of heart do you want to have? What kind of heart do you want other people to see in you? Those are really good questions that only you can answer. You're listening to The Sue Free Show, and I'm very thankful. I feel very humbled. I feel very honored to be with you today on this show. And I think the message is so clear here. And I know for me, I'm going to have to listen to the show again because I need to hear when I'm not thinking about what I'm needing to say and, and listening to the Holy Spirit in me about what's going on. I need to listen like you, maybe driving or cleaning or doing whatever you're doing. I need to listen when I'm like that. And uh, boy, these messages really hit home for me too. Because these things are things I'm dealing with, just like you. And it's a daily thing, isn't it? It's a daily thing that we're, we have to focus on these things to be better, better Christians, better you know, people that love more and give more. A person who is overly talkative has an unsettled heart. Critical words reveal a bitter heart. Critical words reveal a bitter 
heart. If you have chance to look up bitter, look up bitter. Look that word up. On the other hand, when you share encouraging words with others, it reveals a joyful heart. When you offer gentle words to people when they're down, it shows you've got a loving heart. I said that again because I really like that. If you say kind and comforting words to people, it shows you've got a heart of peace. What you say shows what you're like on the inside. I don't know about you, but I want my inside and my outside to not be in conflict. How about you? I I, I want that. I used to tell my daughter all the time. In fact, I still do, you know. Um, people will comment on her, you know, her pictures and whatnot. She's a photographer, but her pictures of her even, um, and they'll say, oh, she's so pretty. You know, she's so, you know, she's so pretty. And I'll say, yeah, and she's just as pretty or even prettier on the inside. And it's true. You know, do we all have work to do? Yes. She'll even say that she has work to do because we all do. But as a mother, Especially as a mother, we want to encourage and build our children up. We don't want to talk about things that cause our children to be insecure. We want to guard their ears and guard their hearts because we are put in a position of protection. And this wasn't part of my show, but it's something that needs to be said because I I hurt for the children. I hurt for children because I feel like we just... I had 13-year-olds over my house this last weekend. My niece asked if I would chaperone and entertain her 13-year-old friends, and I felt so honored that she would want to spend that time with me. And uh, just watching these 13-year-olds and listening to them talk about political issues at 13, and I was thinking about where was I at 13, and I definitely was not talking about politics. I wasn't talking about it. I was thinking about am I going to get to go to Disneyland on Saturday or – um, I don't know anything but politics. I was not thinking about politics. I just feel so sad for, for children now and TikTok and, um, you know, doing little videos and, and whatnot. I just, I felt like it was kind of a scary thing for me to watch. And, um, uh, I was thankful that I don't have little ones right now because I just think it's kind of an upside down situation. But in this, we can be the change. We can be the difference. So we have to stay focused on that and not get caught up in this negativity. How does God help us manage our mouth? Contamination can only be eliminated at the source. When God helps you control your mouth, he changes you from the inside out. God specializes in heart transplants and is ready to transform anyone who comes to him, no matter what has happened in their past. That's good news. Is it not good news? That no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, that he specializes in heart transplants and he's ready to transform you no matter what has happened in your past. You can disagree without being disagreeable. This is another Rick Warren. Thank you, Rick. Each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Romans 14, 12, 13, many people, including Christians, think they only have to show respect for people with whom they agree. Nothing could be further from the truth. In today's world, there are many activities in our society that I, as a believer, abhor and actions with which I clearly disagree. But I still show people respect, even if I know their behavior is wrong. Why? 
First, I remember that ultimately every individual will be accountable to God for their own attitudes, actions, and behaviors. One day, God will settle the score. Each of us will have to give an account for our behavior. Nobody else can take it from us. It's our behavior. You will have an account for your behavior. Second, I'm not God. Rick Warren's not God. The people with whom I disagree aren't accountable to me. They're accountable to God. It is not my job to be a police officer running around trying to make everyone who isn't a believer act like they are believers. In fact, the Bible says people can't act the way God wants them to act until they have a relationship with him. Therefore, the fruit, right? The fruit. You will know them by their fruit. The Bible says each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. It isn't judgmental to tell the truth to people. That's different. If someone is doing something the Bible says is wrong, it's not being judgmental to tell that person it's wrong. That's just telling people the truth. It is judgmental to take the truth and beat people over the head with it, feeling morally superior. Think about that for a second. You can disagree with someone without being disagreeable. Honestly, some of the rudest people I've ever met were overly zealous Christians who were so committed to the truth that they didn't really care about people. This is Rick Warren's words, not mine, but I tend to agree with him. You can be right about an issue, but if you aren't speaking the truth to people in love, you're not following what the Bible says. Let's choose to demonstrate the kind of respect Jesus wants us to show others, even when it's difficult. Okay, question for you. Living guilt-free. Do you want to live guilt-free? Hmm. This is another Rick Warren. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. He has removed our sins as far from us as the East is from the West. Psalm 103.10. God gives us what we need, not what we deserve. Good thing. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We deserve judgment of our sins because we are guilty for doing bad things. But Jesus took the punishment we deserve. He has removed them as far as the east is from the west. Again, Psalm 103, 12. Earth has a north pole and a south pole, but there is no end from east to west. When you place your trust in Jesus, God takes your sin and wipes it out. King David committed adultery, and then, to cover it up, he had the woman's husband murdered. Can you imagine the guilt he carried? The far-reaching effects of adultery and murder are devastating. David didn't deserve forgiveness or mercy from God. David knew he was wrong. But he also knew that God is a merciful God. David prayed, have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion. Blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. How many of you need to pray that? It's Psalm 51, 1, 2. Do you want me to say it again? Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love, because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin. God desires mercy over judgment. He is in the business of forgiveness. He can purify, cleanse, and restore you. I can remember a time when I put myself into a place that I was able to spend 21 days in intense therapy. And during this time, after I went through process, um, there was a time when there was a prayer 
and there was a visual moment where I was washed clean and white as snow, and then I felt completely clean and pure from everything that I had decided or not decided, any choices, anything that I had done before that moment were just kind of washed away. And that's what the Lord can do for you if you haven't experienced this yet. He will wash away white, clean as snow and purify you so that you can move forward from this day forward with a new beginning, a new life. It's an amazing time, and it's there for you. It's, it's there for each and every one of us. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for doing that for me. God desires mercy over judgment. He's in the business of forgiveness. He can purify, cleanse, and restore you. Follow David's example, admit your guilt to God, and ask for his mercy. He will forgive you because he is good, not because you are good enough to earn it, because he is good. And he says that he loves you no matter what. God has forgiven you. So accept his forgiveness and forgive yourself too. That's something I talk about is that I could understand God forgiving me after going through the process. But the hardest part for me was me forgiving me for the things that I had chosen to do. And maybe that's you right now. Sometimes we have to decide in our minds before it ends up in our heart. So just decide today that you're going to forgive yourself and then it will follow. Be a blessing to someone each and every day. God bless you and respect one another. Bye-bye. (sighs) It's a time of the year when bugs multiply like crazy and start looking for a home your home. Ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, and a lot of other creepy crawly critters, even rats and other varmints. It's time to call Ecola Termite and Pest Control Services. They offer complete ecological pest control of rodents and insects. Ecola has one-time services, ongoing monthly services, their most popular and economical every-other-month service, and even quarterly service for occasional pest problems. Ecola keeps rats and mice out and eliminates insects in their nests. It's the most effective way, and their termite control is legendary. So call Ecola today for a free estimate of complete pest control at 877-332-BUGS. No more creepy-crawly critters like ants, spiders, fleas, earwigs, termites, rats, and other pests. Call them at 877-332-BUGS. 877-332-BUGS. E.C.O.L.A. Powerful pest control services as gentle as a butterfly. Ask about their two-year warranty. Call 877-332-BUGS.